the best and fairest way to look at this acquisition of Mitch Trubisky is through his potential. And yes, that potential is unrealized. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers and a pretty momentous edition of the show, I might add. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. The team has its next starting quarterback. I was told this in a text last night in no uncertain terms from someone on the inside. Get out of your head any notion that there's going to be some sort of uh, open, balanced, impartial competition. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Either Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is going to be the backup. Mitch Trubisky is going to be the next starting quarterback of the Steelers. And if you were listening to the show last week, you'd know that I have no problem with that because he is the one individual I singled out out of the entire field, meaning potential free agents, trade targets, super big names, even the draft. The one, the one that I circled was Trubisky, for all the reasons that I'll reiterate right now. He was going to be affordable. He is, in the quarterback context. He got a two-year deal that pays a total of $14.25 million. There are incentives in there that can take it as high as $27 million, but yeah, those are the kind of incentives you're delighted to pay out afterward because they involve some serious excellence at the position, not least of which is winning a Super Bowl. So he comes at a reasonable price. He also comes without having to send out any draft capital. That's a point that I've been pushing really, really hard, and it hasn't been all that popular based on some of the feedback that I've gotten because I, mean, I get it. You know, we're all human. We like to think big and try to picture Aaron Rodgers or even Photoshop Aaron Rodgers wearing a Steelers uniform or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or whoever. But what nobody likes to deal with is the harsh reality that you're sending out two, three first-round picks and more on top of having that individual come in and eat all of your cap space on a roster that you know is incomplete, that has significant flaws. And that individual isn't going to be able to come in and make all of the difference that's needed. That's why I picked out Trubisky. And that's why, by the same logic, I'm okay, more than okay, with this acquisition. And I'll tell you something else, where I'd be more than okay with it is if I keep hearing additional information about what happened to Trubisky in Buffalo in the one year 
that he was the backup behind Josh Allen. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. See, if you want to look at Trubisky's NFL career for what it's already been, you've got the four years in Chicago. He had a Pro Bowl season in 2018, had an 11-3 record, uh, took the Bears of all teams to the playoffs two out of those four years, but then fell out of favor, lost his starting status, Chicago decided to go a different way, drafted Justin Fields, and off went Mitch to Buffalo. And this, to me, is where the story gets interesting, because I heard something else last night that I'll share with you. I heard that the Steelers looked deep and hard into what happened to Trubisky as a backup in his year with the Bills. Now, the stats aren't going to show you much. He made six mop-up appearances. If you go back to the preseason, you know, it's still preseason, but his numbers were excellent. Maybe just as important, his form was excellent. And I can share with you this bit of uh, inside knowledge, and that's that the Steelers were particularly smitten by whatever approach the Bills took with Mitch. They coached him up. They coached some bad out of his game. These things do happen. He's 27 years old. He, he's not some aging vet who's set in his ways. He can get better at that age. But this is the part that will not be inside for anyone. He was with the Bears. He was playing quarterback under Matt Nagy. Anyone who has even a glancing knowledge of Chicago football over the past 20 years knows that this is where quarterbacks go to die. And this head coach in particular hasn't exactly shined in that regard. The Bears have been a complete catastrophe on offense for years now. And that doesn't just apply to the head coach. It applies to the entire front office and management. I went through a fair amount of video of Trubisky's time in Buffalo. And I'll ask you again to not laugh at that because it was just mop-up duty but there were the preseason games. And I am telling you, no, 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 no. I am asking you to go check it for yourself. Preseason week two, Buffalo at Chicago. It was kind of a return slash revenge game for Mitch. Even though it was preseason, it was still out there, Soldier Field and everything else. And he was dominant. Go watch it. Go watch it. It's the last, most recent activity he's had on a field in anger. And he's working 
the Josh Allen offense. Who do they compare Josh Allen to? Yeah, a young version of Ben Roethlisberger. It's a similar offense because Allen has a similar approach at QB to what a young Ben had. We starting to add these pieces up here? The offense is founded on heavy running, but it's also built off a lot of play action, a lot of misdirection. And who does that sound like? Yeah, well, it sounds like Matt Canada, but it sounds like the version of Matt Canada that we were promised when he was promoted. My doubts about Canada should completely nullify anything I said here in this segment about the Bears. But let's presume, just for argument's sake, that Canada isn't the complete fool that a lot of us, myself included, have made him out to be. Let's just presume that. Let's presume that the Steelers have people who know what they're doing. That seems at least fair in March, right? If that's the case, and if they can learn from what the Bills coaches did with Trubisky, then there could be something in play here that would be a lot more significant than just okay. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for today's J1Q. It comes from Robert Ryder, who asks, why didn't the Steelers just grab Mitch a year ago? And, you know, I can see that argument. He was out there. He was available. He ended up going to Buffalo as a backup. In theory, he could have come to Pittsburgh as a backup behind the actual Ben, as opposed to the, you know, the new Ben that they have with the Bills. And in turn, you would think, at least at the time, that he would have had a better chance of starting here because, you know, Ben is an older guy and who knew he was going to hold up over the full season, especially with that offensive line. Ben did, to his credit, and almost entirely to his credit, because he became really, really good at releasing footballs in about .0001 seconds. So yeah, they, they could have added this player. They already had Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins in the fold. So I'm sure that mitigated against it. But here again, I'll bet if you got the Steelers management people into some kind of, uh, I don't know, lie detector chair or whatever, and you ask them why they wouldn't have pursued that player at the time, it's probably because all they had on record of this individual was his performance with the Bears. They hadn't gotten to see whatever it was that Buffalo did with him. Whereas now they have that information, they have that experience, and they have whatever amount of footage is available to them. You know, it's funny, I almost wish that you had asked your question a little bit differently. Instead of saying, why didn't they go after Mitch, why didn't they make a move to go get Justin Fields, right? Go get that kid before the Bears screw him up. 
we all know and we all talked about Mike Tomlin uh, following fields around at Ohio State's Pro Day. And this must mean he loves him because he was mic'd up that day. And you got to hear everything that he says, even though he says that to all the kids at all the Pro Days. It sounded like he really, really fell for this kid. And we started to imagine what it would be like if he came to Pittsburgh. There's a lot to like about fields. And I'm not just saying that because of some of the things that he showed us at Heinz Field this past season. He flashed a lot through Chicago's entire schedule. But, you know, the way things go with the Bears, a lot of doubts crept up about him as well by season's end. The reason that I bring up Fields is that maybe, and I've heard this argument be made in pretty compelling ways, the Steelers should have begun the process of finding Ben's successor in a draft that had a lot more quarterback talent than this one, and that's most drafts. I don't know that too many people would argue that Fields is a better quarterback uh, prospect, a better potential than Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, or anyone else in this class. He'd be the number one quarterback in this class. That would have involved moving up in the draft and you know, other orchestrations along the way. But you know what? That option's still going to be there. Not in the coming draft, maybe in next year's draft. If Trubisky doesn't live up to his potential. But there's that word again, potential. We don't know, not yet, how good or bad this kid is. We just don't. There's no way we can know that after four years in Chicago where he did mostly okay if you look at his underlying numbers. I'm intrigued by this situation. I wouldn't describe myself as excited. I think intrigued is a, is a better way to put it. I would prefer this scenario in which the quarterback who's coming in has a chance, at least a chance, to be that next guy. Doesn't have to end up in the Hall of Fame. You know, that's a Pittsburgh thing we've got to kind of work out of our system here, is that all of our quarterbacks have to be either Roethlisberger or Bradshaw or their busts. You can have a good, competent, steady National Football League quarterback for several years and compete and contend. If you've got good scheme, good supporting cast, in the Steelers' case, possibly a very, very good defense. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do outside of Chicago. I think that's fair. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow. 